Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. We've moved on from college basketball season a bit here in Connecticut, and it's time for baseball. It's April. John Pearson of WTNH is joining me today. John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jared. Thanks for having me. It's been it's been a while, I guess, uh, a couple of years going for you, right? So uh, yeah, glad to finally uh, be part of it. Thanks. For yeah, having me. glad glad to have you on it, and glad to have you on to talk some baseball because. The weather's turning in that direction. Uh, we're, we're past the opening week of games here. And I want to talk to you about the, the show you guys have on WTNH, and that's Inside New York Baseball. Yeah, yeah. We just, uh, second year, we'll be doing that. Um, started last year. Um, kind of find out about three weeks before the season started last year that um, our parent company, Nexstar uh, Broadcasting, wanted to do a, a baseball show focused on the Yankees and Mets uh, for us to do for nine stations total in the Nexstar family. Wow. Um, the one here in Connecticut, WTNH, uh, seven of them in New York City and uh, New York State, I should say. And then WPIX used parts of our show uh, in the city uh, and then one of the stations in Pennsylvania. So it was on regularly nine stations and parts of a tenth when PIX ran some of our stuff. So very it, cool labor of love. And we had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that the reach that it had uh, beyond the, the WTNH viewership here. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted, they, the originally the talk was to, to do it as a Yankees Mets and Red Sox show. And then, you know, decisions above our head were made that they're going to keep it just to New York because I was only going to really run on New York stations. Yeah. The majority. And they realized Red Sox content probably wouldn't be popular, popular there. And if they tried to put it on the new England stations, the Yankee content wouldn't be popular there. So who knows, but there might be down the road, something in the works on the Red Sox. We feel bad here in Connecticut because a lot of times we'll hear yeah. oh, how about the Red Sox, how about the Red Sox? And it's not our choice. It's just, that's what we're supposed to do. We have to make yeah. it a dark baseball show. Yeah. And you know what? At the end of the day, you keep about two thirds of the state happy. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. So uh, Red Sox got- fans are tough though. Just as our, as yeah. our Fans. Mets Mets fans don't get on us too much, but it's the Yankees and Red Sox fans when you're going one way or the other too much. So for those who might not have tuned into the show last year, take us through what what happens on an episode of Inside New York Baseball uh, and get everyone excited for, for the season you have coming up. Yeah, well, you know, uh, it, you know, we, we had three weeks to kind of come up with a plan. And, you know, with COVID, that was you know another hurdle like everyone has faced yeah. uh, in regular life. So uh, but basically. We're, we're put behind a little bit because we're not allowed to use moving highlights from um, Yes Network or SNY. So we have to edit, you know, week recaps of like how the Yankees are doing and Mets are doing with Getty images. So we have to go use still photos to try to tell the story of the Yankees past week, the Mets past week. So that was something, you know, that was probably the first hurdle we hit. Um, but basically start the show. Um, you know, recapping and, and then maybe getting to some, you know, some stats and numbers, who's hitting well, who's not playing well. Uh, then we try to like focus on a certain player from each team. Uh, you know, maybe Aaron Judge is on a nice hot streak. And um, then we get over to the Mets side and, you know, Jeff McNeil coming back from an injury and he's playing well. Uh, and then we also include in the show uh, Rich Capola, who was at Fox 61 for a long time, is now here uh, with us at TNH. He's part of, um, of the show as well. And then Dom Amore of the Hartford Current who is a baseball writer of America member, uh, covered uh, Major League Baseball for many years. He joined mm-hmm. us each week to um, 
kind of get a little more inside, uh, you know, uh, talk, you know, opinion kind of stuff. Uh, so they do like a three minute segment. And then we were doing uh, interviews. Um, last year was a lot of Zoom interviews with former players of the Mets and the Yankees. And we had some, you know, we had some great guests on. We had, you know, Dwight Gooden. Yeah. Two part interview with us. Uh, John Franco. We had Goose Gossage, Mickey Rivers from the old Yankees teams that won the championships in the late 70s. Uh, Roy White. And so we try to give a little bit of, um, you know, catching up with where are they now? Current. Um, we did uh, minor league stories. Uh, Brett Beatty, uh, one of the Mets top prospects. We focused on him last year when he came through and played with the Hartford Yard Goats uh, against the Hartford Yard Goats with mm-hmm. the Binghamton Rumble Pony. So we try to like, you know, what's now, what's to come and, you know, what's, yeah. what's then. So we try to try to blend it all in. No, it's a, it's a great concept for a show. And I, I think now is a really interesting time to be doing a New York baseball show, given the, the state of the Yankees and the Mets right now. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's always in New York and it's always a hot topic. Both teams, Yankees more so probably more, you know, polarizing in a lot of ways. But the Mets with the new owner willing to spend, you know, money and make them a contender again and get them back in the mix. Um, you know, both teams, I don't know if they're World Series teams this year. Um, it's all going to depend a lot on, you know, injuries and health, which every year is the same thing. Um, but yeah, we're excited to do it. We're excited to get down. We just went to the stadium yesterday um, to get a, get some content for this week's show. And then also next week, uh, this first show uh, for us airs this Saturday. And um, we did a little, some other things too, like the Yankees are inter- introducing new items to their concession stand. So we we went and checked out some of the new food items that if you're, right. you're going to uh, the stadium might be able to, to, to take part in. Uh, we did a tour of the Mets museum, which has a lot of the history uh, with the Mets. So uh, aside from the, you know, day-to-day stuff uh, that's the things we'll offer here, but both teams of Jacob deGrom gets healthy for the Mets, yeah. you know, uh, Scherzer, I know, you know, was a little banged up to start the year. Um, you know, they have the pieces to make a nice run. And the Yankees, I, you know, so, certain things about the Yankees worry me. The outfield, you know, Judge, you know, not signing the contract is obviously a big deal, but he's got to stay healthy. Aaron Hicks, who hasn't always been a healthy guy, needs to stay healthy. And and Joey Gallo doesn't hit that much. Yeah. <laughs> strikes out a lot, um, walks a lot. Uh, and when he does hit, it's a home run, but he strikes out often. And then, you know, the, and then Giancarlo Stanton's going to, probably play the outfield a couple of days. So there's a lot of things to factor in. I, you know, that's why it's hard 162 games. And sometimes you don't know until yeah. you know, game 162, who's going to the playoffs or not. I, I saw it's from your uh, social media. you when you were out at the stadium, got to catch up with George Springer. Who's a, a Connecticut guy uh, played at UConn. What was it like getting to catch up with him? And, the, and then what's it like seeing UConn be able to consistently turn out some pros right now uh, and really show that they're one of the top, programs in college baseball right now yeah it, it's amazing what they're what jim penders and his staff have done uh in stores um you know for years now and and george right now is is the prime guy uh right now that everyone will look at you know he can he carries the flag for uconn baseball but you know you've got matt barnes of course yeah. the red Sox. you you can go on and on the guys have gone you know mike olt in the past think ahmed so well connecticut guy but you've got other guys who've gone through uconn um and you got guys now who are, are making their way in, you know, the guys who graduated now working that way, like a Pat Winkle. Um, you watch yeah. the kid now, Reggie Crawford, who's out with the year you know, with an elbow issue. He would have probably been a top 10 pick, like one of the top 10 players picked if he not hadn't hurt himself um, this year. He's pitcher, 
hitter. He's like a Shohei Otani. Yeah. Um, but but with with George, it's funny you see him yesterday, and we usually try to catch up with the guys every couple years to see how they're doing. Last time we spoke with him, he's with the Astros, and that was about four years ago. Um, but to see him yesterday was great. Um, covered him as a freshman at UConn. And to see all the success, happy for him, a Connecticut guy who um, who still just loves the game. That's the one thing I noticed about George yesterday. Just you watch him around the cage and in the dugout. He's still that kind of fun-loving, like a kid playing baseball, you know. For Definitely. Yes, is a you know MVP of the World Series, an All Star, uh, and at 32 years old, now one of the veterans on the team, uh, he still brings that that energy that you like to see. Uh, and he said he's still having a lot of fun doing it. So I'm doing uh, the interview I did with him runs a little bit today at six and then tonight in our sports extra show at 1045. Um, he's a dad now. He's married. So the, we talked about a bunch of things. Yeah, no, it c- kind of crazy thinking that he's 32 now. It feels like uh, it, right. it feels like he's been in, in the MLB for a while, but at the same time, it feels like he hasn't been there for a while. So yeah. just crazy to, to watch him grow from his UConn days and, and now see what he's been able to do. Uh, in terms of talking about these New York baseball teams, I know you were getting into uh, you know a few things on the teams earlier, but I'm curious from your perspective, you, if you had to nail down one thing from a Yankee perspective and one thing for a Met perspective for those two teams to have success this year, what are you looking for? You know, from each team there, uh, the Yankees have to they have to just do a better job of like manufacturing and scoring runs, I think, and, and not relying on the long ball. Um, <laughs> Definitely, yeah. You know, and that's a lot of baseball. <laughs> But, um, you know, I think they they tried to make some of those moves and, you know, like guys who maybe make a little bit more contact or, you know, you, you hope at least yeah. <laughs> they're not showing it yet. They're not hitting very well with runners in scoring position. Um, but maybe maybe, um, you know, uh, that that's a big thing. Scoring yeah. scoring runs, you know, you know, the old fashioned way, if you will, because uh, you got guys who can hit the ball out of the park. But the guy, a guy like. Uh, Isaiah uh, Kiner at Falefa, who they brought in, you know, he's batting ninth. He's playing shortstop as they move Glaber Torres over. Um, so they have guys who can make contact. You know, I like DJ LeMahieu. I like Josh Donaldson at third. Um, yeah. You know, those those are baseball guys. So uh, they've also gotten themselves stronger up the middle um, with the return of Aaron Hicks in center and Falefa at short and Glaber back comfortable at second base. And then the catching situation has to kind of figure itself out. Um, uh, I think they have enough arms. You know, that's another thing. You know, they've got to stay healthy like everybody with the pitching staff. Um, but I think the biggest thing is manufacturing runs and not just waiting for a two or three run. Sure. Home. Yeah, no, I I think if you're a Yankee fan and you've watched this team the past couple of years, you know, being down three, four, nothing, it, it's hard. They, they haven't been able to spark those rallies that you'd want to see them in the past. Yeah. And I liked it. And that's why I like last year, they brought a couple of guys up who were just hungry and like quick and they'd get yeah. out and steal a base. And it, and it brought life to the team and he also brought life to the stadium. So I hope they learned something from that last year and they try to try to work that in a little bit more this year. Um, but as far as the Mets, I, I kind of like what the Mets have. I think the pitching is, is, is the key to them. Um, you know, trying to have a good run there uh, because they had, they had uh, a staff and they lost some of the guys, but they've also gained a Max Scherzer. And, yeah. and I think, you know, if the, if the Grom, if the Grom gets healthy and can, can, you know, start 25 games, uh, you know, that would be huge for them this year. I'm curious, you, you've covered this landscape for a while here. And 
for me being a, a Yankees fan, it, it seems a little bit like a bizarro world these past couple of years where it kind of seems like in some ways the Yankees and Mets have flip-flopped their perspective on things where now you've got Steve Cohen running the Mets who, who's yeah. spending on everybody. And then you see this past offseason, you know, one of the better free agent classes in a while and, and the Yankees kind of sat on their hands for most of it. Yeah, it's weird how they've they've kind of changed roles. You know, I'd be curious to see how how the boss George Steinbrenner yeah. is reacting uh, up there because Steve Cohen is kind of like him. You know, he's willing to spend the money. Uh, he gets vocal now on social yeah. media. I can imagine what you know, with George, you know, like with George Steinbrenner. <laughs> uh, but it, but his family, yeah, they've become a little bit more reserved as far as like you know just being the team that just goes out and just spends money on the big names. Um, I know they have some good prospects in the system. You know. Uh, Oswald Peraza and uh, Anthony Volpe, the shortstop prospects, um, you know, uh, Jason Dominguez, they, they're probably, you know, he's probably a couple years away. The other guys, you know, you may see them in the Bronx at some point this year. Um, so maybe they think they have enough in, in the system uh, and they think they did enough, you know, you, but you also look at the offer they just made Aaron judge, right? Aaron judge is great. Every time we go to the stadium, he is he is a professional. He's very nice to us. We always talk to him. He always says hello. And he always says yes when we ask him to do an interview. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of I think he should have signed that deal. I mean, they, they yeah, he's making yeah, he, he's making a pretty big bet on himself here. And, uh, you know, outside of going out and hitting 40, 50 home runs this year, it's going to be tough to see a guy like him who's had some injury trouble too, yeah, being able to get much more than than what they offered him. Yeah. I mean, you know, he turns 30 uh, yeah. this month. So, you know, that deal gets into 36 is, you know, almost 37. Yeah. Kind of like that's a pretty, pretty good deal. Now, I hope he stays healthy and I hope he does hit 40 or 50 home runs. Um, yeah. Command more money. Um, but it is a big bet on yourself. And, I, you know, he had a good year last year. They managed him a little bit better last year. And hopefully he can follow that up with another one and put the, that injury, you know, tag behind him. Because, you know, some of the injuries obviously weren't his fault either. Right. Got hit by pitch. Yeah. In the wrist. I mean, that just happened. So, um, you know, uh, he's a good, he's a good guy. And that's, that's one thing I, uh, you know, people ask me like every interaction we have with him has been nothing but pleasant and he remembers your name. Um, and he's, he's engaging when you talk to him. So, um, yeah. I'm, and, I'm for him. and that's another part too, you know, when, when you, from a Yankee perspective, when you're looking to get a deal like that done, not everyone succeeds in the New York marketplace. You, you know how tough it is. You've seen guys come and go when you have a guy like Aaron judge, who could be a face of the franchise, who, who knows how to work with the media, who knows how to do those little things that send some guys over the edge. It's a, it's a big plus. Yeah, yeah, Some because some guys do not embrace that. Some guys do not want to go out and talk. They just want to go play some baseball, and they want to go, you know, hide and and just, you know, do their job, you know, and there's yeah. nothing, nothing wrong with that. Uh, but, yeah, you've got to be, you know, Derek Jeter was the perfect example of that. Right. In recent memory, you know, uh, just handled it all so well. And that's an interesting thing, too, about Judge. Uh, you go in the locker room uh, now and in the Yankee locker room, you know, as you first walk in, some of the guys who are just kind of making their way up, you know, their lockers are at the entrance. And you, yeah. as you go further out, as you go to the other end, the lockers get a little bit bigger. And then the two going into like the private area are left for the big stars. So as you walk in and you go through the locker room to the left is Aaron Judge has what was um, Brett Gardner's old locker. OK, he's got the big locker there. And I think it used to be Derek Cheater's locker. And then on the other side is Garrett Cole. So they obviously think enough about Aaron Judge to put him in that spot. And I think yeah. they want to make him a Yankee uh, forever. But um, yeah, he, he handles it well. And and hopefully they they can they can figure it out, you know, uh, but at the end of this year. 
I, I know we're talking New York baseball here, but and I, I know you deal with this too, being here in the Connecticut marketplace. You, you got to throw the Red Sox fans a little bit of a bone here. So while I've got you, I've got to, you know, you gave your keys for success for the, for the Yankees and the Mets. If you had to give one for the Red Sox this year, what, what are you looking for out of them? I, you know, I, I, I kind of like the Red Sox. I like, you know, the addition of Trevor Story, you know, um, you know, former Hartford Yard Goat. Nice yeah. to see that here. Um, I always like, as, you know, as a Yankee fan, and, and, and I, I don't root the way I used to when I was younger because, you know, I actually root for people. So, yeah. you, you know, like, you know, Matt Barnes and the Red Sox is always great when we want to talk to him. So when he's in, I, I find myself rooting for him to do well. And it's weird. It's taken all my allegiance. Today. <laughs> um, but they I like the way the Red Sox play. I like they just make it look fun, you know, um, you know, and they've they've got a potent lineup there. They've got guys up and down who don't seem like they pressure bothers them at all they all seem so loose um and i just like the team ball they play and again everything goes to pitching right i mean you you know they have the talent i think throughout the field um and they play a little bit of that ball that i like i wish the yankees played more of yeah um and i think alex core is a big big part of that uh people could say whatever you know with the whole cheating stuff but you know he's still a baseball guy uh and he makes it fun. He seems like a fun manager to play for. Um, so I don't know. I kind of I, I think the Red Sox are gonna have a better year than the Yankees. Um, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. No. I I I think it wouldn't surprise too many people if, if that's what happens there. You mentioned Alex Cora, and especially now when we're talking about New York baseball, you've got two guys who are who are pretty pretty good characters in Aaron Boone and uh, and wow. Buck Showalter now at, at the helm. What's it been like getting to to work with those guys and uh, your experience there? Well, I haven't haven't done anything with Buck yet. Um, you know, we haven't been down to the park yet since he's been there. Uh, I like, you know, when Buck was a Yankees manager, yeah, you know, I always felt bad for him because he's such a good baseball guy, such a good yeah. builder of teams. Where he, you know, got that team going, and then in, he's gone, and then they go on to win, you know, the big stretch, right. He had a lot of the framework for that. So I think the Mets have the right guy. Um, I think he's, um, I say matured, grown. Like what, he's, he's learned a new way to handle the media, let's say, because he was part of the media. So now he, yeah. he's from a different perspective. So I'm, getting, I'm looking forward to actually catching up with him. Um, funny, funny story is I remember as a kid, I saw him play with the West Haven Yankees here, which is okay. yeah. years ago. Um so I don't know. I, I, that will be one thing. Maybe if I see him, I'll bring up to him and maybe, you know, be, you know, open him up, open him up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and Aaron Boone, you know, he, he was he's actually been really, really good to deal with. Um, everything is more of a press conference now when you go down there. You don't get one on one time. But, you know, my first meeting with Aaron Boone was at the Little League World Series <laughs> uh, back uh, talking about Little League baseball. Um, when one of the Connecticut teams is there. And then I think the following year or two years later, he became the Yankees manager. And we did a one-on-one in spring training with him. Uh, again, a baseball guy from baseball family. I think, you know, he's got enough of that and he's got enough of the ability to handle the big city um, with charisma. And, um, you know, he may not make all the right decisions, you know, but who does, uh, yeah. which manager does, but I think he's got a good temperature on the clubhouse and, and watching him with the players on the field, um, you could tell there's a good um, relationship, you know, coach uh, manager relationship he has with his club. I, I want to look, you know, at your career. You, you've been doing this for a while now. Do you have a baseball story you've done that that sticks out to you as you know one of the more memorable or favorite baseball story you've done during your time at, at TNH? Oh boy, uh, 
Well, I start. I started here. I started here as an intern, believe it or not, in like the late like eighty eight, eighty nine. Um, favorite baseball story? There, there's been so. There, there's been a. There's been a lot, and I'll, I'll probably say something now, and then when we get off, I'll remember. <laughs> oh, that one too. Um, there's a lot of things. Uh, you know, I got to interview. I got to interview the guy I grew up trying to hit, like Don Mattingly. Yeah. Uh, Don Mattingly. Uh, that was a thrill for me because we were talking uh, baseball, but he was going through a tough time. And I mentioned something to him after our interview, I said, Hey, hang in there. Things will get better. And then we started to talk for another 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Life and kids and how to handle certain situations. It was non-baseball. So that was a, that was a moment for me that was like, wow, that was pretty surreal. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is my idol. Now he's asking me how I handled certain aspects of, we were going through a similar thing at the same time. Um, I was like two years ahead of him. And uh, we had that conversation. So that stood out for me. Um, you know, meeting like last year doing uh, Goose Gossage, interviews with Goose Gossage yeah. and Dwight Gooden. Those two were really uh, neat for me, too, because Dwight Gooden was another one that 85, 80, 45, 86 time where I was like a teenager, loved baseball, playing in high school. Um, Dwight Gooden last year, I went down to shoot our interview on Long Island. And I got there early. We were, we were scheduled to go at 2.30. I got there at 2. I started setting up all my equipment, my lights, my camera. And at 2.10, he walks in. Ah. So now I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> hurry up. And he, he said, he's, oh, take your time. Don't worry about it. I'm early. And, and, and then we sat. And while I was setting up, we talked for 20 minutes yeah. about non-baseball life things. Yeah. And you realize, you know what? In the end, these players and these athletes are just like, like a, us. Yeah. They have... They have struggles. They have stories. Everything's not as it appears all the time. Yes, they are great at baseball uh, and they're great at something. Uh, and we get to watch them on TV. But that those are two of the things that really stick out uh, for me uh, that are, are good baseball stories. But then you also go back to like doing my first story with George Springer and pulling that out and looking at him and how much he's grown up yeah. and then talking to him yesterday and still seeing the same person I did something with 13 years ago, you know? Yeah. So, no, no, it's a so many. <laughs> no, no, uh, great career you've had. It's cool to hear those stories. I'll, I'll get you out on this one. You mentioned uh, while you were at Yankee Stadium, you got to do a little of the new concessions. Yeah, Con- favorite concession item uh, that you were able to see there. Oh, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had um, Eric Dobratz put a story together that ran in, in the show yesterday because we stayed there for that, and then we stayed for batting practice to talk to players and you know Springer and. Uh, a couple of the Yankees, um, but favorite concession item. Ooh, I mean, of the new things, they had this um, Marcus Samuelson, who's a world renowned chef. He's been mm-hmm. chopped in a bunch of TV shows. He came up with this new um, spicy chicken sandwich that will be uh, for sale there. He also does like a chicken and waffle thing, but the spicy chicken sandwich he did was phenomenal. And they also did this new blue, white, and gold milkshake. Um, that has chunks of cheesecake and some graham crackers and vanilla. It it was, it was phenomenal. (laughs) Um, I ate, I definitely ate too much and it was a nice, uh, you know, it was nice for them to offer, but they had a crunch burger from, um, was it Bobby Flay? Oh Uh, yeah. 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 They did a a bacon crunch burger. That was really good. Um, yeah, I was, I was, we were both stuffed. Eric and I were both stuffed and, um, you know, I, I probably will still go to the, the game and maybe get a hot dog and, and, uh, and ha- have a beer and yeah. <laughs> uh, sit and watch the game. Um, but if I see some of that, I, I would probably get 
I would probably get that spicy chicken sandwich for sure. All right. All right. Going to have to keep that in mind when I, when I head out to the stadium this year. Yeah. But John, I, I really appreciate the time. And before I let you go, uh, let everyone know how they could catch Inside New York Baseball. So Inside New York Baseball um, will run every Saturday on WCTX, our sister station at TNH uh, at 1030. Um, they're talking about re-airing it at another time. I don't know exactly yet, but it's definitely every Saturday, 1030 p.m. Um, uh, on WCTX. Then you could also watch all of the segments on WTNH.com if you go to the, the sports tab. And then on the drop down, there's a, Inside New York Baseball. So all of last year's shows are still on there. And then this year, the new shows as they as they uh, come out and air will end up uh, each segment on the website as well. So. Uh, we're looking forward to it. It's, you know, we're having fun already. It's a, it's a long, grueling summer with yes. doing it. Um, but at the same time, it's a, it's a labor of love for, for all of us working on the show. Yeah, no, it's great. Really enjoy the show and looking forward to it this season. So, uh, John, really appreciate the time and thanks for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, no problem. Love the, the Yukon hat, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you very much. We'll, we'll, we'll have to have you back on another time. We, we could talk some Yukon sports. We, we can go on and on about Yukon and its transfer portal. I don't know yeah. what the hell's going on. I know. I know. Just when you think it's baseball season now, it, it, it still might be college basketball season. It always is. Thanks, Jared. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Kotler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.